Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. What is up, Red Shirts listeners? Semifinal week is here. This is Matthew Betts and Matt Okada back on the mic tonight to get you ready for week 15 and get you ready for the semifinals of your fantasy football playoffs. Okada, we got to start with this, man. The listeners need to know, you and I were crushed. And I don't mean crushed in the score in the in the, the divisional round, I guess, or the, the quarterfinals, I should say. We were winning by quite a lot in our, our shared dynasty league that we co-own a team together. Cooper Cup is killing it. We've got Joe Mixon having a, a solid week, et cetera, et cetera. And what do you know? Carson Wentz comes down and on the last play of the game, throws a touchdown pass. We lose by what, like 0.5 points? Yes. It was Ugh. a trash. The worst thing is when you lose to someone in overtime scoring because then it's like you didn't even deserve that. That was outside the regular game. I feel like it should not count. Remove all overtime scoring. <laughs> this was it was especially that, yeah. bad because we went in on this season and we did it successfully. We had the highest points in the league and we should have won this week and we did not. Yes, that is fantasy football in a nutshell. Uh, partially why I love it and partially why it gives me more stress than my actual day to day life and, Big fact. and job. Um, I was so torn because obviously I wanted the Eagles to win that game. Um, they are, you know. I'm not. I'm not thinking highly of them these days with how poor they're playing, uh, but I also didn't want us to lose, and so I was just stuck in this like weird place where I was like, "All right, Wentz, maybe you can like hand it off on this one. Maybe not do any like you know shovel passes or whatever. Like, let's just give it to to Boston Scott. Let's just give it to Miles Sanders." Uh, but no, he threw a pass to Zach Ertz. Regardless, I am happy we are still in the hunt for the divisional round, but the Eagles True. are going to get absolutely smacked if we play anyone of relevance in the playoffs, which we will. Uh, that is it. <laughs> Welcome into the show. Uh, we are recording this on Wednesday evening, about 6 o'clock on the East Coast, so if there is any news that drops in the next 8 to 10 hours or so, it will not be on the show. Okada and I are back on uh, Friday night, we record and then release another show on Saturday uh, in the Patreon. So head on over to patreon.com slash Pod. You get access to an extra episode every single week. You get access to our, our projections in the offseason. The Slack channel uh, has been, as the, as the kids say, Okada, lit mm. recently. Tons of good banter in there back and forth. There's talks of a Red Shirts Keeper League developing. I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. So Ooh. you want to head over, check it out. Just a few bucks. Per month gets you all of that and so much more. Uh, and Okada and I have some some exciting things in the works for the offseason. So a little bit of a teaser there uh, for you all. But Okada, we are going to skip news. We're going to skip injuries for now. I will talk about them as the games come up. Uh, but we have a lot to get to. And the plan for tonight, listeners, is get through as many games as we have time for within reason. And then we'll we'll save the rest of them for Friday's show. So Okada, that was a lot. Tell our listeners where they can find all of our content. Ooh, www.redshirtsfantasyfootball.com is an excellent place. Uh, there are it. many articles and uh, excellent content from our group of writers. Almost as good uh, of a ch- uh, chat group as the Patreon group uh, is our group of writers. Um, and uh, on all our social media accounts, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Redshirts FF Pod, 
Uh, you can hit us hit us up uh, on Twitter, ask us questions uh, anytime you want. They may even make it on the show. You never know. So check all those out. Also, you can find bets at the Fantasy PT on Twitter and me at Matt Okada. Perfect. That was it. Follow us on all those accounts. Like I said, Okada and I have some some pretty exciting things with our social media content coming out soon. So stay on the lookout for that. All right, Okada, you ready to get into these games? Uh, Yeah, I'm ready, Bets. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's start with Thursday Night Football, as we always do. We've got the New York Jets going on the road to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Let's start on the Jets' side of the ball here, man. Uh, What is there to say? This team (laughs) is an absolute wreck at this point in time. You've got Lev Bell with this friggin' bowling scandal. He's out on Saturday night, oh, gosh. apparently sick with the flu. That was hilarious. Putting up a solid 251, might I say that's that's quite good, uh, on his Saturday night performance. But he should be back in the lineup this week, coming off of the sickness. Worth noting in the backfield, Blau Pal is out with an ankle injury. So this should be Lev Bell's backfield through and through. But man, I mean, we've said it all season. You know, We're concerned about this, this player for, for fantasy, his performance, the upside isn't there. Now you've got him coming off of the sickness. You've got the Ravens, who are a good team. They're on the road. They are 14.5-point underdogs. Not even two touchdowns. More than two touchdown underdogs. And Adam Gase, like, when you get in his doghouse, is not good. No. So I'm saying a lot of negative things about Lev Bell. Can you say anything positive about about him in this matchup? That's... I was coming into the season saying negative things about Lev Bell. You well know this. And pretty much all he's done all year is be mediocre and then go bowling when he was supposed to be sick and skip a game. So, no, I cannot say anything positive. Uh, The Ravens defense is good in pretty much every aspect of fantasy. Uh, Definitely against the running back position. I do not expect Le'Veon Bell, if he's even out there, I don't even uh, know. Well, they said they weren't going to discipline him, which is a wrong choice because he needs to be disciplined. The boy needs to learn some <laughs> manners. Good gracious. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just... Oh, okay, anyways. That's not a good look. It's it cracks me luck. up when the, when him and Antonio Brown are like upset that people don't want to sign them and then they're going around doing things like this or whatever Antonio Brown's saying on Twitter today. Uh, yeah. Anyways, those uh, things aside, no, I am not interested or excited. Uh, he's he's you can't you can't trust him for the first season in his active nfl career you just can't trust him in fantasy yeah for sure man it's it's been rough um my initial ranks are up as of now by the time this this recording drops they will be up and mostly finalized ahead of thursday's kickoff i have Le'Veon bell right now running back 23 what say you ah i have met running back 28 Alrighty. Um, yeah, you, you've stuck to your gun, so I, I salute you on that. You have been probably the most vocal Bell hater, and I've just kind of like tagged along in the background like the <laughs> hype man. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's not good, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's been it's been rough, and it, that should continue on Thursday. Sam Darnold, I, there's no way, man. There's no way on the road against this Baltimore Ravens secondary. And for that reason, you know, Robbie Anderson, for whatever reason, like Derrick Henry, comes alive in December every every single year, it seems like. But Against this secondary, against these cornerbacks who are elite, um, I expect Sam Darnold to be under pressure a lot. I expect him to struggle a ton. And what you've seen with Jameson Crowder in the last two to three weeks, you know, you're seeing two for eight. You're seeing uh, three for 12. Like the days of the the five for 60 or six for, you know, 75 are are over. 
Um, yeah, I, I want nothing to do with anyone on this Jets offense. Can you disagree with me at all? I cannot, and uh, I will be sitting any members of the offense that I have in various leagues where I'm still alive. So no, pass already. Uh, on to the Ravens side of the ball. The Ravens defense, first off, elite play this week. Yes. They are coming in as my top play on the week. Um, the skill position players, it, it's pretty easy to talk about, man. Lamar Jackson, he was on the injury report this week with a quad contusion, but uh, really mild. He's coming out saying that he will play, and I have no concerns about it, so you can start him as per usual. Uh, Mark Ingram, you're going to play more of an RB2, I think, and maybe you can speak to it too. The, the passing down work and the, the receptions just aren't there, but with how this offense attacks you on the ground, I'm still okay with, with Mark Ingram as an RB2. Uh, how about you? Yeah, he's a mid-range RB2 for me. Uh, this defense is definitely solid up front, which is where we would like to see, you know, or where we typically see the most from Ingram. How, having said that, it's bad enough in general that the Ravens are going to score a lot, and I would be pretty comfortable betting on a Mark Ingram rushing touchdown at some point, so I still feel good about him overall. Yep, agreed. Uh, Mark Andrews is also on the injury report. He's dealing with a... Uh, a distal quadriceps contusion or a, a bruise basically right above his knee. Um, by all accounts, this is minor. He was removed last week early in the game, more of as a, as a precaution kind of to try to get him healthy here. Listen, man, the tight end position is atrocious. If you have Mark Andrews and he's active, I think you play him. Now, Okada, if, if there's a listener who owns Andrews and who is looking for a replacement, are you advising people to, to roster Hayden Hurst in advance of Thursday night inactives in the event that maybe he is out. Would you play Hayden Hurst, the backup tight end there in Baltimore? Um, He's certainly worth consideration. He would be, as we almost always say when you ask a question about a tight end bets, in that polished third tier. Uh, he had by far the best play of his career last week. I don't expect that to repeat. Um, and I don't think he's quite as good as Mark Andrews, so I don't expect him to fill in Mark Andrews' shoes. But Lamar Jackson, obviously, very willing to hit his tight end and very willing to throw touchdowns. He leads the entire NFL. So, yes, I would uh, consider him streamable if Andrews is out. Yeah. And, you know, it's worth noting they did draft him in the first round a couple of years ago. So he's got the pedigree. Ahead um, of Andrews. To, yeah, exactly. Ahead of Andrews in the same draft class, which, you know, for what he provides as a value for the NFL is obviously different than what we're looking for in fantasy. But I agree. I think he's definitely playable if you need someone, if Mark Andrews is out. However, I think he does play. Hollywood Brown. He is so tough to rank. I, I ran through my initial ranks. I've got him at 36, and it's mostly because, like, this matchup on paper is great. You're looking at a Jets secondary that gets absolutely eviscerated week after week. His speed is something that no one can catch up to. However... Last week, he literally had negative receiving yards. Negative two, I believe it was, uh, in a tough matchup. So I don't know what to do. Okada, help our listeners. What what should we do with Marquise Brown this week? You should take Betts' ranking and subtract even a couple more numbers. I have him down at 38. Yeah, it's not reliable enough. And in a game where I expect them to throw enough that you know Marquise Brown's low lowish target share turns into five or six targets where I feel more confident about him breaking a big one, I would feel a little better. In a Thursday night game against the Jets at home, this does not feel like that type of game. Um, so, no thanks. I will avoid Marquise Brown. Alrighty, there you have it. That is Thursday Night Football. We are on to the New England Patriots taking on 
the Cincinnati Bengals and say what you want about the headlines right now, Okada. Um, it's it's not a good look for those involved. Um, we are not going to talk about that as much on tonight's show, unless unless you want to say anything about it, Okada. Feel free. Uh, I think it's a bunch of foolishness, but... Yeah, you guys are cheaters. Anyway, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, in the in this matchup here, let's start on the Pats side of the ball. You know, it's it's been rough for Tom Brady. Like, the, the upside is not there the way it once was. You know, and you're looking at an offense that, quite honestly, Okada, and I hope you don't take this the wrong way, is sputtering and has been quite bad. 16 points, 22 points, 13 points, 17 points, 20 points are the last five outings for this offense. Um, you know, what is there to say? Like, in, in your fantasy semifinals, are you starting Tom Brady? Probably not. I mean, there's there's probably better options out there. There's probably better quarterbacks that got you there. However, two quarterback leagues in a soft matchup with the Bengals, are you rolling with Brady? Yes. Two quarterback leagues, I'm going to roll with Brady. Um, okay, here, here's my overall take on the situation, Bets. Two things. Number one, he does not look like he's incapable of throwing the football anymore or something like that. This is not a Cam Newton situation, in my opinion. What Defending it, your boy. Here we yeah, go. What it almost <laughs> exclusively is is a severe lack of cohesiveness in the offense. They have had all kinds of turnover in this offense. Um, there are tons of injuries at the wide receiver position. Nikhil Harry is just now back and caught a touchdown last week, by the way, that was overturned by horrible officiating. <clears throat> Moving on. Didn't see it on the scoreboard. Yeah, it's not on the scoreboard <laughs> or in your fantasy lineup. Sorry, guys. Uh, but... He's, you know, he's just now working in. There was rumors he had problems learning the offense initially, so that's slow coming around. Um, so the offensive line and the blocking in general—they lost Devlin, obviously they lost Gronk in the offseason. It's really hurt the run game. So Sony Michelle has not looked good for that reason. It's a, it's a bad situation. However, I think it can get better. And I think that this is a good week for that to happen. The Bengals are a trash, as we all know, especially on the defensive side of the ball. The Patriots have lost two in a row. That does not happen often. They lost against Kansas City in a bad way. And then they got, you know, shafted by the media, whether uh, properly or improperly. They're in the news, which they never like to be for the wrong reasons. This feels like a game where they're going to come out with a chip on their shoulder, and you never like to see Tom Brady with a chip on his shoulder unless you own him in fantasy. So I do think they have a, a good offensive day. I do think they get it more and more turned around as the playoffs roll around, which doesn't help fantasy very much. But for this game in particular, yes, I like Brady. I don't really love Sony Michelle, although I think he could have a good game. Uh, and I do like how about, Edelman. Yeah, how about Sony Michelle versus Le'Veon Bell? Oh, boy, that is two yucky names. Well, Half PPR. I'm going to turn to the uh, to the rankings of Mua. Hey, look at that. They're back-to-back. I have Sony Michelle at 27, Le'Veon Bell at 28. So, technically, I'll take Sony. All righty. I would take Bell in that scenario, mostly because, you know, Sony doesn't really pass, uh, doesn't do any receiving work, I should say, in the passing game. Now, you were going to say something positive about Edelman, and honestly, you know, what is there to say? This dude has double-digit targets in eight straight games. 89 plus yards and or a touchdown in seven of those eight. Um, solid, man. I mean, you, you talked about the struggles on the offense. 
He is one guy that we cannot throw any shade on. He's been fantastic for us, especially in PPR formats. The dude has been crushing. Is he locked in as a wide receiver one for you this week? Yeah, there's a little rumor of injury stuff, and maybe you can speak to that a little bit. But for the most part, when I see that kind of stuff with Edelman and Brady, I just write it off as not important. Um, so I think he'll be fine. And if he's out there, which I assume he will be, he, yes, he's an absolute locked in starter, even a wide receiver one for me. Yeah, and I think that's pretty valid. You know, you talked about the injury with these guys, with Brady and with Edelman, and most of that is honestly just the way the Patriots go about their business, and they are always way more conservative than other teams, meaning if you have a scratch on your finger, they're going to list you on the injury report, and they're going to say finger limited participant. Like, that's that's kind of how they, they do things, um, and obviously it's not that extreme, but you know what I'm saying, where they're smart. You know, they manage reps in practice, and because of that, because of the way the NFL has to set these standards they do list them as limited so i agree with you it's almost like julio you know 99 percent of the time julio's in the injury report he plays and the same is true for brady and for edelman now i will say for brady did you see the wrap on his right elbow after last week's game i did not tell me about he it. had a pretty big wrap on his elbow he's been on the injury report for two weeks now with that same injury um and i don't know exactly what's going on you know with the patriots we don't get many details but more information I will, will gather for you all, and I will post it in the article on the website. It drops on Saturday morning. That is the uh, the injury report article. So look for that there. Okada, anything else you want to talk about here on the Patriots side of the ball? Um, uh, How interesting is Nikhil Harry to you in like a DFS as a cheap play? Yeah, that's tough because, you know, he he's not running a ton of routes. I mean... You look at what happened last week. Uh, yes, that play sticks out in your mind because of the the dive at the goal line there. We almost scored. But the routes run are as follows. Edelman, 39. Jacoby Myers, 27. Philip Dorsett, 23. Matt Lacoste, 22. Mohamed Sanu, 21. Nikhil Harry, 2. <laughs> Not good. I mean, you got to be desperate to even look his way even in dfs if you're playing like the millie maker on DraftKings, then sure you know whatever throw him in but no no way at all very fair <laughs> on the and i will say uh real quick before we move on to the Bengals side of the ball patriots defense Ooh. is finally back in our good graces yes. we could see another 25 per, you know point performance here as they were doing in the first two months of the season so obviously love them this week on the Bengals side of the ball uh man, this is rough. Auden Tate is out for the rest of the season. He tore his MCL in his knee. Uh, you know, it's it's mostly volume-based if you're looking at anyone else. I mean, Tyler Boyd is solid. He gets targets. He has five-plus catches in six of his last seven games. So you like that in PPR. But Joe Mixon at the same time, too, he's volume-based. You know, it's the upside against this defense, who are inevitably pissed off at what has happened this week i mean I, i'm nervous about anyone wearing a Bengals jersey yeah that's uh that's a very fair point uh tyler boyd mostly i can I, I expect he will work a lot of the slot that has been one place where you can get some production against the patriots um so i feel okay about him not as good as i normally would but the rest of it not great. Joe Mixon, certainly we've loved his resurgence this year. I don't expect him to have a great game. I'm not starting Andy Dalton. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, 
I can't argue with that. Let's move on to the Bears at the Packers, a rematch from, that was week one, correct, on Thursday Night Football? Uh, Yes, I believe so. When these two teams played, yeah. We we got to talk about the Packers, man. We got to talk about Aaron Rodgers to start. Um, man, I I feel so let down after last week. Yep. Played him everywhere. I played the the Devonte and, and Aaron Rodgers stack in my DFS lineups. Taking on the freaking Redskins and they come out and lay an egg. Now you get the Bears. Yes, they're at home where we know Rodgers plays uh, much much better than you know on the road. His numbers across the board are better. Specifically, his yards per attempt skyrocket. But you're looking at a situation where, you know, this Bears defense, they're ranked in top five defensive categories in every passing statistic and giving up fantasy points, you know, to quarterbacks and wide receivers. If you've made it here with Aaron Rodgers, are you sticking with him or are you streaming a guy, let's say, Ryan Tannehill? Ryan Tannehill, yeah. This is a um, a very who's available dependent situation, I think, because... Aaron Rodgers does fall to a point with this matchup that I would be happy to stream some guys over him, but it really just depends on who you can get. Tannehill at this point had better be owned in all your leagues because that would be straight foolishness if, if he's not. He's an every week QB1 at this point. Craziness. Uh, I would definitely take him over Aaron Rodgers. Let's go with something. I'm going to throw you back a little, maybe a little tougher, unless you think Rodgers over Tannehill, by the way. Uh, how about Baker Mayfield? No, I don't. Okay, good. Baker Mayfield against the Cardinals. Or Aaron. Oh, Baker. Yeah, Baker. I'm not I'm not scared of Baker this week. Uh dude, it's the Cardinals. <laughs> Goff against the Cowboys. Uh that game is in Dallas, correct? It is. Mm, yeah, I would still take Goff. Okay, so yeah. Pretty low then. I think there's probably I think Aaron Rodgers is probably outside the QB one conversation uh from our from a consensus standpoint for us. Yeah, I agree. Devontae Adams, you know, the upside for sure isn't there, but you're starting him. He's at home. He is Devontae Adams. Uh, I don't think you can disagree with me on that one unless you want to say anything else about Devontae. Nine. A wide receiver, two in this offense apparently does not exist. Nope. Uh, we wasted a lot of time and effort trying to figure out if it was Marquez Valdez-Scantlin or Geronimo Allison. Turns out it is... Either way you look at it, all of the above or none of the above for the players there. Um, and Jimmy Graham, man, there's just no upside at all. Uh, I can't see a scenario where you start any anyone else in the pass-catching group named Devontae. Disagreements from you at all? Um, No. Not, no. All righty. <laughs> Aaron Jones, on the other hand, uh, you know, it's, it's a situation that I need to figure out for sure if Akeem Hicks plays because – that is huge for this defense. The, the Bears have been getting absolutely gashed on the ground without Akeem Hicks in their lineup. He's one of their best run stoppers. He's been battling injury for what feels like six weeks now at this point. Okada, have you heard anything in regards to his practice status today? And if not, I will kick it back to you to talk about Jones and I'll look it up. Uh, I have not seen a new update, so f- feel free to check into that. Uh, I am very, very happy starting Aaron Jones this week. Um, this feels like a home ride Aaron Jones type of game. Like you mentioned, the Bears defense, pretty good across the board, but definitely uh, a little stronger against the pass than the run. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's too much to say. You're starting Aaron Jones. I guess the question is how high, and for me, he's ninth, so quite high. Yeah, I was just looking it up while you were talking there. Akeem Hicks did return to practice today. Uh, so it looks like he will be back out there 
and he wasn't even listed on the injury report, actually. So um, that is good news for their defense. That is not quite as good news for Aaron Jones. However, you're still playing him. I would normally, you know, if if Hicks was out, this is how big of a, a factor he is. If he was out, I'd rank Aaron Jones probably top five. If he's in, which it, it seems like he is, right now I have Jones at 12. So, you know, it's, it's a situation where you're starting him, but maybe you're not getting the game you would have if this was a few weeks ago uh, without Hicks. So monitor that. For Hicks, you know, it's, it's always possible he has a setback in practice. So keep those eyes on the Bears injury report. For sure. On the Bears side of the ball, Mitchell Trubisky has messed around. And in the past, uh, what, four weeks here? Let me find my notes. Four weeks. He is the quarterback four uh, in Woo! fantasy football. Uh, man, I mean, what is there to say? Like, we throw shade on this guy all the time, but he's been good and he's been really solid. And you can't deny that. However, he takes on the Packers defense on the road giving up the fourth fewest points to quarterbacks. Okada, what do people do with Mitch Trubisky? They do not start him if they can help it, Betts. Uh, you talked about his last um, stretch of games, and if you guys have been listening to the pod, we recommended him in almost all those games, and for good reason. He faced the Giants and the Lions uh, over that stretch, also the Cowboys, who were kind of middle of the road. Um, the Packers are above middle of the road from a pass defense standpoint. I expect this to be more of a David Montgomery game, although I'm not super stoked about him either because I think they lose this game overall. Uh, but I don't not I don't know I do not feel great about Trubisky. Uh, I would avoid him. He's not in QB one territory for me this week. Um, in fact, he's all the way down at QB twenty one, so that's barely even QB two territory for me. Yep, I agree with you on that. You mentioned David Montgomery. The volumes there, he's getting 15-plus touches in seven straight games. So you love to see that. You know, that was really the knock on him in the first month of the season is like, the guy has talent, but Nagy doesn't know how to use him. Now he's getting work, and the way you attack Green Bay, like you said, is on the ground. They're giving up the fifth most points to running backs. How high is David Montgomery in your initial ranks? Uh, Not as high as I would like him to be, actually. But for some reason, I like a lot of other guys a little bit above him. He's 23 for me right now. Uh, behind guys Ooh, like... what a hater. Yeah, I know. Behind guys like DeAndre Washington, because we expect Josh Jacobs to be out. Uh, Marlon no, Mack. No, actually, I think, I think he is going to play. I thought we just got news that he was going to be out. No, the, the MRI on Jacobs came back clean. And basically, the, the plan is to have him play. They're going to progress him in practice and see how he does. So... Yeah, I agree with you. If if he sits, Washington is a strong play. All right, but I think he is going to try to play. I buy it. In that case, Jacobs would jump up way above him, and Montgomery would still be below him. So, uh, yeah, he's still an RB two for me. Um, I just like a lot of other names. Honestly, he's in a tier of guys that goes all the way up to like RB sixteen or seventeen. So it could be anywhere interchangeably in that range, pretty much. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, that, that's where I've got him. I've got him at seventeen. So, yeah, I think he is a solid RB two. Allen Robinson at this point, I mean, his play has earned himself, I think, RB, or excuse me, wide receiver to uh, usage or ranking at, at least every week and considering that spot. You know, he's been solid. Trubisky has been playing great. We talked about it with Trubisky. It's a tougher matchup. But with how good Allen Robinson has been, it's hard to sit him, I think, personally this week. Now, Anthony Miller, on the other hand, is a, a hot topic in the fantasy community. Everyone is on this guy after his solid performances the last couple of weeks. But Trubisky's in a bad spot. What are we doing with Anthony Miller? I think we're starting him in our flexes if we're a little desperate. Um, 
I do expect this. What to, about if you're very desperate? Then definitely you're rolling out Anthony Miller. <laughs> Is that you? Are you asking for a friend there, Betts? I am asking for a friend. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Listen, he's you know he he last week he only had four targets, three catches, but he caught a touchdown. The three weeks before that, he had nine plus targets and six plus catches in the, all three of those games. Really kind of coming into form here late in the season for the uh, for the Bears. So yeah, I I will roll him out there. He's not an elite play. Um, I don't expect him to be quite as good as he has been. He's just outside of wide receiver two territory for me, but he is flexible for sure. Yeah, and real quick too, you know, his success depends on Taylor Gabriel's status. Mm -hmm. He has been out the last few weeks with a concussion, and he did not practice today. So uh, monitor Taylor Gabriel's reports if he is out. That is an up arrow for Anthony Miller. Anything else in this matchup? I have a random dynasty question for you, Betts. I just feel like it's a fun thing to slip in here. Anthony I Miller, am all about it. Anthony Miller or Michael Gallup? What's the gap there for you? Dynasty. Oh, that's close. That's that's pretty close. Uh, I trust the offensive philosophy and the approach that Kellen Moore has taken more than I trust uh, Mitch Trubisky in this in this league. To be honest Very with you. Fair. So I'm going to lean Gallup slightly, but I do like Miller. I liked him a lot coming out of Memphis. All right. I think I pretty much agree with everything you just said. Love it. On to our next matchup. We are talking Broncos at the Chiefs. Let's start on the Broncos side of the ball. Drew Locke came out and made an absolute fool of me. If you've been following me on Twitter, I have been putting out some player props that I am betting, and I've had some pretty solid success this season. (laughs) Drew Locke passing yards on the under – was not one of them. <laughs> he absolutely went off against Houston last week. I think that tells you how bad their secondary is. But he's going on the road. One of the toughest places to play in Kansas City there at Arrowhead. You know, I, I think Drew Locke is going to really struggle in this matchup. I fear a lot for Cortland Sutton and for any pass catcher there uh, in uh, a Broncos uniform. Do you disagree with me at all? Ooh, interesting. I kind of do a little bit uh let me provide a caveat i think drew lock will be decent for drew lock standards which i don't think should be expected to be 300 yards and three touchdowns every week the chiefs defense is below average overall and uh, this is gonna be a bit crazy bet so i hope you're sitting down i'm sitting i think the broncos are gonna win this game no dude not a chance yep no. Here we go. Give you got to give us some rationale now. You can't just say that and then move on. I mean, they just whooped the Texans at home. They beat the Chargers the week before that, who just beat a, uh, a you know, okay Jaguars team horrifically, forty-five to ten. I think they got a little bit of a spark on them right now. I think their defense is solid. I think the Chiefs offense has not been quite as explosive as it was in the earlier part of the year and last year for sure. And I think the Chiefs defense is bad enough that Locke and Philip Lindsay, especially and company can take advantage. Yeah. I think it's going to be an upset, but I like Philip Lindsay a lot more than drew Locke. Drew Locke. You're not, you're probably not starting him. He's a, he's a QB two streamer type of situation. That's how low he is. I just don't think he's, you, you know, a complete hopeless mess against this defense in particular. Yeah, I, I mostly wanted to bring him up and talk about you know, how we project him to perform because I think that has a lot to do with what we're talking about with Cortland Sutton. Sure. Now, Cortland Sutton has, I think, earned himself a spot in your roster, even if it's flex territory. You know, There's no way we, we would rank him worse than a wide receiver three, so you're starting him for sure. But I think you're absolutely nuts. The, this 
defense has been different ever since week 12. They went on by. Held the Raiders to nine points. They held the Patriots to 16 points. Now they're taking on a Broncos team who in week seven, they beat 30 to six. I think it's going to be rough for the Broncos. I think they're going to get absolutely embarrassed uh, by Pat Mahomes. We will see. Now, on the running backs, I agree with you. Philip Lindsay is a very strong play. This Chiefs uh, defense can be beat on the ground. Does he climb to RB1 status for you this week? Uh, he is close. Let's check exactly where he is for me before I go saying something I don't mean. Right now, he's at 14. Uh, just behind, actually, the Chargers duo of Eckler and Gordon at 12 and 13. So there's a good chance I might slip Lindsay above Melvin Gordon. Uh, which would get him to 13. So that's just outside RB1 territory, but I definitely do like him a lot this week. Yep, I've got him at 14, so I'm right there with you. He's a strong play uh, as well. For Noah Fant, it is worth monitoring. He had a foot injury last week. Uh, X-rays are negative on that. However, it's unclear if he's going to play. So right now we need to monitor those practice reports and see how he does throughout the week. I think he's going to be less than 100%. So you know, maybe it's a situation where if you don't have a better option, you play him and temper expectations but it could be easier to decide that obviously if he is ruled out so we'll see what happens for Noah Fant on the Chiefs side of the ball it seems like a situation where we always say you know start Patrick Mahomes don't even worry about it he's Patrick Mahomes the dude has been average for fantasy and and that seems kind of crazy to say but you look at his last four to five games I mean he's not putting up QB1 weeks and you drafted him to be the QB1 Okada, it's semifinals. If you made it here with Mahomes, are you looking elsewhere? Like what, Ryan Tannehill or, or Patrick Mahomes? Ryan Tannehill. Oh my gosh, yeah. he said it. You could ask me uh, eight names, bets, and I would pick them over Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is my QB nine right now. For our listeners, why don't you rattle off those Ooh. eight names ahead of Mahomes? All right, Lamar Jackson, Drew Brees. This is in order, by the way. Jameis Winston, mm, number three. Interesting. <laughs> Deshaun Watson, (laughs) Ryan Tannehill, number five, baby. Let's go. Dak Prescott, Jimmy Garoppolo, Russell Wilson, and then comes Patrick Mahomes just ahead of Kyler Murray and Carson Wentz. Yeah, it's that's the reality. I mean, that's you have to adjust expectations. And if Okada, well, maybe not you, if I think Drew Locke is going to struggle, there isn't going to be the upside of two teams going back and forth where Mahomes just has to go nuts. I can see a situation where three quarters in, they're up by two scores, and they're just running the ball, you know, left and right. So, yeah, I, I don't think that's crazy, man. I, I have him at seven in my initial ranks for sure, and it's something that I think people need to to realize. It's it's a real thing that we need to adjust our thinking on. Tyreek Hill, you are starting, of course. Mm-hmm. His speed, I think, is good enough that I'm not worried about any shadow from Chris Harris Jr. Tyreek Hill's speed can beat anybody on this earth. Um you know, and Travis Kelsey is obviously a locked-in tight end one. Now, for the running backs, it is a weird situation to be in. They have four on the roster, and I cannot tell you with any confidence who's going to lead the backfield. Honestly, if there was a four-sided coin, Okada, I would tell you to flip it. Help our listeners. What do they do with this running back situation? Um, You flip a coin. Straight up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I probably just stick stay away from all of them to be honest. If the it, we're at a point of the season in the fantasy playoffs where if you you only play a risky guy that could just dud for you if you think that they can go absolutely off 
and win you the week. I don't think that any of these running backs can do that, to be honest. And I think that they all carry massive risk. So at this point of the season, I'm going to stay away as far as I can. Like Even if you feel decently about them in your rankings, which I have LaShawn McCoy as my highest of them at 32. So that's kind of flex-ish, sort of. I'm probably not even starting him. I'd probably pick a few guys behind him just because that is sort of the mean rank for him, but I know he could be 62 or 12. Man, I don't even know if he can be 12. Maybe he can be 22. No, he can't be 12. Yeah, that's exactly the problem. He can't even be 12. So there you go. We have come to the conclusion here. Just stay away. The other thing is, you know, the the team is vocal. Like, they're saying um, comments like, LaShawn McCoy isn't as young as he used to be, and he doesn't have... um, you know, the same kind of juice he used to have. Like, the team is not hiding it. They don't want to give him 20 to 25 touches. They want to give him 10 to 12-ish touches and have someone else fill in. The other, the issue is we don't know who that other person is. It could be Darwin Thompson. It could be um, Damian Williams, who could come back from that rib injury. We, we just don't Spencer know. Spencer so, Yeah. Yeah. Off the, dude, he played more snaps than anyone last week this, off the yeah, street. This is maybe the worst backfield in fantasy history. This is like Patriots level of disgusting. Yeah, stay away this week. Uh, anything else in this matchup, or can we move on to a riveting Dolphins and Giants discussion? I think that's a shit, dumb diddly. All righty. We are on to Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins. Now, Devontae Parker is a guy who Okada gave on the show last week as one player that he has 100% confidence in the rest of the playoffs. And what do you know, in our head-to-head draft on the Patreon show, which if you are subscribing, you will know what that means, I said, you know what? I have confidence too. And what happened? He went out with a concussion and I lost to Okada. Uh, so, <laughs> it was man, my what plan all along. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> Looked like an idiot. Um, but, you know, the vast majority of players are missing at least one game with a concussion this season. So, if Devontae Parker sits, it's also worth noting Albert Wilson had a concussion. Ryan Fitzpatrick could be out there with Isaiah Ford. Uh, like a seventh-round pick out of Virginia Tech from a few years ago, and Mike Kosicki. I mean, Fitzpatrick has been a streamer that I feel like has been uh, valuable because of the fact that he has had Devontae Parker play lights out. But if Depar- if Devontae Parker sits, I mean, you can't play Ryan, Tan- or Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick, excuse me, correct? You cannot, no. Um, I will say, by the way, Alan Hearns l- worth a look, potentially. Uh, sure. He could be a guy that slides in there if Parker's out, which I really hope he isn't, but kind of expect that he might be. Um, yeah, but no. It, it's And it's unfortunate because this would have been a great matchup. You could have started him and, honestly, Ryan Fitzpatrick as a streamer against this awful Giants defense. But no, it's without him there, you're not starting Fitzpatrick. You can take a shot on a couple of these other guys. My pick would be Hearns. But that's a super big shot in the dark. What about Patrick Laird? Kind of a, a darling late in the season. Mm-hmm. He's pretty much just the only option in the backfield. And you, know, you can't run the ball behind this Dolphin, Dolphins line. They they just can't. Um, but he has pass catching chops. He's pretty good out of the backfield as a receiver. And in fact, there was someone that put on Twitter that they got a tattoo i'm not sure if you saw that okada of patrick laird on their thigh oh gosh because i think he, he they played him in dfs or something i have to read the story again but ridiculous so this guy is is sweeping the fantasy nation uh what are your thoughts on laird here a flex consideration this week yeah definitely flex consideration uh, i think you can play him 
with some mild confidence. He will get work in the past game, like you said. He's not quite my RB2 territory, but I think he probably gets 15, you know, 13 to 15 carries and five catches or so. And that is enough volume for sure to make him st- startable in your fantasy lineups. Yeah, fair enough. On the Giants side of the ball, it looks like Eli Manning is going to start again. Woo! Uh, with, yeah, the, the the comeback continues. Now, he needs to win this game to get back to 500 True. on his career. So I'm rooting for Eli Are <laughs> in you? this matchup. Yes, dude. Do you think he belongs he, in the Hall of Fame? I mean, he took down the Patriots, didn't okay. he? Okay. Like, he... If he can get above 500, sure. <laughs> well, I That's don't know if he can. He's, if he only plays one more game, he'll get back to 500. <laughs> that would be the most Eli thing ever. It would. Um, but, you know, it, it it's good to see him out there. Like, it was tough to watch as an Eagles fan on Monday night, but he was pushing the ball downfield. He did not look that bad, honestly. And against this Eagles secondary, it's easy to do. Now, the Dolphins are equally as bad. Yes. And I think Eli is going to be productive enough that no you're not starting him but you know your his pass catchers i think you are starting darius slayton has looked awesome um you know sterling shepherd is solid in ppr golden tate is solid in ppr i don't expect evan ingram back so out of those three options if you're looking at uh slayton golden tate and sterling shepherd give me your top ranked player um ooh, it's close between slayton and shepherd which is wild to say um I think I'm going to lean Shepard just slightly. I don't want to fall to the bias, the recency bias of Darius Slayton's game last, uh, not last night, two nights ago. Well, by the time listeners hear this, three nights ago. Uh, I mean, listen, they he had the most incredible first half in Giants history, pretty much, and then disappeared in the second half. So if he can disappear in the second half of a game, he's dominating. He can certainly disappear a week after having a great first half. Uh, Sterling Shepard just feels a little bit more reliable. But I don't hate either of them. It's a flex to low end wide receiver two for Shepard. Yeah, I agree. And obviously, you're starting Saquon Barkley. Oh yeah. Now, one quick uh, note: I just looked this up while you were chatting. Is Devontae Parker did practice today in a non-contact jersey? So that is obviously good news for his chance to play oh. this week. We will see. Uh, look for the injury report on Saturday on the website. Uh, what is it, Okada? What's the website? Oh, that would be retrofantasyfootball.com. You're darn right it is. All right. On to Eagles at Redskins. We're staying in the NFC East here. Listen, man. Who? I'm so embarrassed uh, <laughs> to be a fan of the Eagles right now. I mean, they dressed three wide receivers on Monday Night Football. Alshon is done for the year. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside now has a hamstring injury. Greg freaking Ward is the yes. wide receiver one on this team. Who was not a, a wide former- receiver in college. Yes, a former college quarterback. I mean, if if Alshon's out there, I'm super excited about Wentz. But without him, I mean, it's Ertz, it's Goddard, and who else? I mean, honestly, who else? So I think you can start Wentz in this matchup. I think he's going to be okay. But I'm playing many players in front of, of Carson Wentz. I've got him at quarterback 13 this week. What are you doing with Wentz? Yeah, I'm a little bit higher. I have him at 11. Um, so I feel, I feel pretty... Okay, I think that that tight end duo and Miles Sanders is enough to cover a multitude of wide receiver horror, which is what the Eagles are <laughs> dealing with right now. Um, 
I uh, yeah, I think he can get enough production out of those three guys, and Greg Ward can catch a pass here and there. That against this bad of a defense, he'll be solid enough to be startable. Yep, I think uh, I think we're both you know on the same page there for sure. If those other guys, the pass catchers, would have been active, I probably would have him up higher. Yeah. Also worth noting, Nelson Aguilar did not practice again today with a knee injury, so we'll see what's going on there. Jordan Howard remains a limited participant with that stinger injury in the shoulder. So um, it could be Miles Sanders' show moving forward again. However, Boston Scott looked solid on Monday Night Football. I mean, pretty explosive out of the backfield. And Miles Sanders was reportedly cramping on the sideline. So we saw him get more run. However, Sanders remains a strong play. They're taking on the Redskins. Obviously, that doesn't scare you at all. And Zach Ertz is a must start. Anyone else to talk about on the Eagles? Uh, no, and I, I will say in regards to Boston Scott, I would not get too excited for a fan, from, from a fantasy perspective. They've had this guy for a long time and have not used him. They know what he can do. Uh, I think they used him because they had to because of Sanders' cramping issue. And yes, he looked very good. He reminded me a lot of Austin Eckler, actually. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good comp. Yeah, these, these short but explosive running backs with great balance, I feel like they could make a resurgence in the NFL. Um, go find you some of those in Dynasty. But I don't think he gets much of uh, a workload here with Sanders back full go. But uh, yeah, so I'm staying away from him almost entirely and do like Sanders a lot. Alrighty, on the Redskins side of the ball, Darius Geis, unfortunately, man, this kid cannot stay Jeez. on the field. Another knee injury. I talked about it more on the injury recap pod uh which came out on monday evening so if you missed anything go back and check it out there was a ton this past week but he is out for the rest of the season with an mcl injury it is worth noting that is the same knee as the acl from before so he could have had a a super you know like career ending type of situation where that would have been his second acl and you know other additional damage etc but he escaped it so he's done for the year i expect him back next season adrian peterson is going to see 18 to 25 touches in this game. Okada, running back, 24, higher or lower? Let's say that. Let's um, sl- uh, depends on what you mean. That's okay. a slightly confusing question. Higher in my ranks? Better than 23. Okay, there better you than go. Okay. 23 or better or 25 or worse? Uh, I have him adjust below 25. Uh, he's just outside my RB2 range. Um, he can he could definitely be solid. Certainly, the Eagles run defense a little better than their pass defense. I like Terry McLaurin a good amount more, despite his overall lack of production in the last couple months, even really since his strong start. Incredible play last week uh, for that touchdown at the end of the game. Um, so I like him, but Adrian Peterson against this defense, I don't feel quite as confident about. Disagree? Yeah, for sure. And no, 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 I agree. I mean. There's not really too much else to say. However, I will say the Eagles do have the worst cornerbacks in the league, and that is not um, an understatement. So I agree with you. I think McLaurin can be sneaky this week. I think it could surprise us, um, especially in DFS. So be sure to be on the lookout for McLaurin. If he's on the waiver wire and you need someone, you could do a lot worse. Worth noting, Jalen Mills on the injury report with an elbow injury. Now, normally we want these players to get in there. I want my wide receivers going up against Jalen Mills. This dude yeah. is awful. Um, so if he's on the field and he sees Terry McLaurin, he's going to get eaten alive uh, for sure. Uh, what else to say? Anything else about this matchup, Okada, or can we move on? No. This. Uh, well, who's going to win it, Bets? Oh, God. 
if you would if you'd asked me that like four weeks ago, I'd say, dude, Eagles. Um, but you know, division on the line, first place. Yeah, definitely come out and, and lay an egg. That's what that's what they're gonna do. <laughs> um, no, I, I think they still can get it done against the Redskins. Yeah, hopefully, so do I. otherwise, if your team is looking for new fans, be sure to let, to at me on Twitter. <laughs> if they lose this, I'm done. Yep. Seahawks at Panthers. This should be a fun game to watch. Let's start on the Seahawks side of the ball. Man, it feels like we have this notion in our head that Russell Wilson is just crushing the season. And for real NFL, he is. For fantasy, for the last like six weeks, man, it's it's been bad. He's been, you know, just riding, I think, his name value and his first month of the season where he absolutely exploded. Are you starting Russell Wilson against the Panthers? No. Well, no. Outside of QB1 territory. Just barely-ish. He's like 12 or so, so he's right there. I think there are a few streamers you can find above him. Listen, you're absolutely right, and I don't. I think that people haven't really noticed it, so it's good that you pointed out, and I think that can be one of the biggest traps, by the way, of fantasy playoffs is thinking that a guy is what he was in the beginning of the season, like Patrick Mahomes, and expecting that to continue. I wrote this game, the, the notes for this game, for our uh, for our packet this week at work. Um, and his start to the season, where he had 22 touchdowns and a pick, and then his last four games, it's like the worst transition for anyone to start that well ever. He's had four touchdowns and four interceptions in his last four games after starting 22-1. and one. So it's really not been good, and I'm not entirely sure why, because... He played the 49ers in that span, but he also played the Eagles and the Rams, who have not necessarily been shut down. Um, so I'd prefer to stay away if I can. I, I think it's going to be much more of a run-based game for the for the Seahawks, and I'd, I'd find a bunch of streamers that you could probably start above Russell this week. Yeah, I think it's fair. It is worth noting, however, you know, if you're in semis, if you're not starting him this week, get him off waivers if somehow he's on there because he takes on the Cardinals next week. Ooh. So if you can make it through the semifinals, he is going to definitely be a start in your championship matchup. So uh, something to monitor there. For his pass catchers, man, Tyler Lockett, where have you been? Come back into my life. I need you. On a roster where I lost Evans, I lost DJ Chark, um, I lost Marvin Jones. I need you, Tyler Lockett. Okada, can we have any confidence in Lockett this week? Honestly, I don't think that we can. Um, he may have been swallowed up by DK Metcalf, possibly. Uh, it's hard to tell considering Lockett's Lock so small and Metcalf so big. I'm not sure if Metcalf would even get bigger if he absorbs Tyler Lockett. I don't think it's possible. Yeah, but Metcalf has been better than Lockett for a strong stretch of time now. Um, and I do not feel super confident, no. Uh, Metcalf is actually just outside wide receiver two territory for me at 25 and Lockett's more in the mid wide receiver two range, if not, or wide receiver three range, sorry, if not even a little bit lower. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, man. That's definitely fair. Um, it's valid to be concerned about that. You know, it's, it's been rough and his, I don't want to say failures, but his downside has coincided obviously with Russ. So the two of the, uh, those players are really letting us down in fantasy, um, Jacob Hollister, you know, he's in that polished turd tier. Yep. Eight to twelve. Like he's he's getting targets. He's at least running a ton of routes, so obviously you could do worse. But if we're not projecting a good game here from Russ and we're really down on the offense recently, 
then it's tough to project good things for him. One player I say we can really project well, Chris Carson. Ooh. We have, and and dude, I'm so sad. Rashad Penny was finally becoming a thing. And <laughs> if you remember me last year, I, I was telling people he was going to be the the one you wanted in that yep. backfield. And obviously that was not right. Um, did tear his ACL. He is done for the year. He is going to have surgery this week. So you're telling me Chris Carson's getting 22, 23, 24 carries against the team that gives up the most points to fantasy running backs. Chris Carson, top five play this week? Uh, yes, across the board. Um, I would say the 22, 23 mark you set might even be a little bit low. And I think there's a great chance he averages like eight yards a carry in this game. So smash Chris Carson. The only reason I can't get him higher than four is because Saquon Barkley is playing the Dolphins. Derrick Henry is playing the Texans. And Christian McCaffrey is a person. So I wish <laughs> I could get him higher. I feel like he should be the RB1. But these guys are just so good. It's hard to. Um, but yeah, he, he's absolutely elite. Uh, start him everywhere you possibly can. Yep. Uh, no disagreements from me on that one at all. He's also my four. So uh, I love him in this matchup. On the Panthers side of the ball, Christian McCaffrey, start him. Uh, DJ Moore, I think, still warrants every week starting caliber You know, play. He's been solid. Um, what are we doing with C- Curtis Samuel? And let's break down the tight ends here. Let's start with Curtis Samuel. Give me your temperature on him. Um... I feel like you can probably start him this week. He, again, has been very up and down this year. Um, Had a bad game last week against Atlanta, which was disappointing because it's Atlanta. But uh, I think that the difference here might be that um, Atlanta's a bad pass defense, but they're also a a bad team overall. (laughs) which means there wasn't yes. really much need to throw. I think the Panthers can play the Seahawks a little bit tougher in this game than the Falcons did. Um, Panthers not great either, of course, but uh, I see this as a game where he may get a few more targets, maybe closer to that 6-7 range than the 4 he got last week. So I'm willing to roll him out there as kind of a low-end flex. Yeah, that's that's probably fair. Um, you know, obviously it depends on other options, but we just said, you know, a few minutes ago, I lost Mike Evans. A ton of other people lost Mike Evans. DJ Chark probably won't play. Um, you know, now Marvin Jones is on injured reserve, et cetera, et cetera. People need wide receivers, and I think you could do worse than Curtis Samuel. For the tight ends, we need to monitor Greg Olson's practice status. He missed last week with a concussion. He was limited today in practice. If he sits, Ian Thomas, to me, is a virtual lock in your lineup. I mean, top five, I don't think is out of the question. You talk about the Arizona Cardinals all the time. You know, Okada, you and I do. We always say, start your tight end every single week. Don't even think twice about it. No one's talking about this, but the Seahawks are just as bad against the tight end. Tyler Higby's line for betting last week, Okada, was at 40 yards. (laughs) Hammered the over. Yes, Hammered it. I mean, my gosh. Uh, You can beat the Seahawks with your tight end. So, Ian Thomas, pretty athletic kid in his second year. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited about him. And obviously, if Olsen's active, you start him. Anything else here with this matchup? Or can we move on to our awesome sponsor, Trophy Smack? Let's do that. Let's do it. Um, Okada, it's sad to say, I will not be taking home a ring from Trophy Smack Ooh. this season in either of the red shirts. 
Writers League or the Listener League because the the Eagles defense couldn't get six points. Mm. You beat me this week. So you still got a chance. You got a chance uh, to win this awesome ring from Trophy Smack. Listen, these guys are awesome. Matt is the owner there. He's been so good to us, giving us free rings to give away to our leagues. And you can get a free ring too. All you got to do is go to trophysmack.com, check out their you know awesome. Uh, belts, rings, trophies, etc. They even have trophies for the last place member of your league for the toilet bowl. So check it out. They've got you know all sorts of customizable options, engravings, etc. And Okada and I really pick our sponsors you know carefully. We pick products we believe in. Um, I've bought a couple of of trophies for leagues that I play in. These guys are awesome. Check them out. Trophysmack.com. Promo code Redshirts gets you a free ring on top of your trophy. What are you doing? Pause the podcast. Go to trophysmack.com. Mm. And it's going to pain me, Okada, when I have to, to mail you the freaking ring. Um, I still got a ways to go, but I'm hoping. <laughs> we shall see. Next game here on the dock, Texans taking on the Titans. We've talked about him, I feel like, three times now. If you haven't gotten the message that Ryan Tannehill needs to be started, you got to clean out your ears because this guy has been on fire recently. Um, the AJ Brown stack was fun last week in DFS. I think Ryan Tannehill is a lock in your lineup. Okada, any pushback at all? Not a single bit, Bets. If I was a piece of tissue paper, there would be less pushback. Uh, he's my quarterback. <laughs> what five. does that even mean? <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think of something that wouldn't push back. I don't know. Uh, listen, oh my gosh. The important thing is you're starting Ryan Tannehill. You're starting him over almost everyone, in my opinion. He's my QB5. Uh, yeah, I love him in this matchup. I love certain of his pass catchers whose names begin with A and end with J. Uh, kind of. Um, <laughs> There's one of two ways you could have gone. I yeah. thought you were going to say en- ends with J or ends with Aun. Yes, also that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, throw him out there for sure. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. AJ Brown is you know a solid play. I- I'm... I'm still a little skeptical, mostly because of um, the status of Adam Humphreys. We'll see what happens this week with his practice status. But, you know, the volume in the passing game just is so tough to bank on. You know, it's if he was getting like two more targets per week, I'd be like, yeah, man, top 24 play. Do it. Don't even think about it. But I think he's still at least a flex in this matchup for sure. So I agree with you. I like him as well uh, this week. On the opposite side of the ball, well, I should say quickly before we, we transition, obviously Derrick Henry is a top three play. Yes. Disagree? No. Number two for me. Okay. On the Texans side of the ball, um, Deshaun Watson, you know, it's he's matchup proof. I think he's shown that with his matchups and his performance against the Patriots uh, a couple of weeks ago and obviously another solid game last week. But Will Fuller is still battling a hamstring injury. He may not play. So the splits with and without DeAndre Hop, or excuse me, uh, Will Fuller in the lineup for um, Deshaun Watson are pretty pronounced. You know, they're, they're pretty obvious. Usually, he's five to six points less without Will Fuller. And I'm not really saying this for any specific reason as to say like don't start him, but you know, you might want to consider uh, a flex that has a little bit more of a boom, maybe an AJ Brown, if you will, uh, versus a guy like Adrian Peterson. If you're you're starting. Deshaun Watson, right? So that more upside in your flex to kind of supplement Deshaun Watson. But you're starting DeAndre Hopkins. 
the running backs, I think, are the really the only talking points. Is is Carlos Hyde a guy you can put in your lineup? It just seems so meh every week. Yeah, um, it's yeah, he is. He's a guy that I think you're gonna start. Uh, he's had one bad game in his last six ish from a rushing perspective. Um, has not scored too much, so that's not ideal. Uh, in fact, has only scored three. No, four times all year, and three of them came in the first half of the season. Um, so he's a very low upside, I would say, guy. But, you know, if you need a sort of reliable flex who's going to get you eight points, then uh, Carlos Hyde's your man. He is. And for the same reasons as we just talked about with Carlos Hyde, you know, it's the touches just aren't there the way we want them to be for Duke Johnson. Now, we did see the, a bit of a resurgence in recent weeks, so... If you're playing in any PPR format, I prefer Duke. If you're in a standard league, I prefer Hyde. Any disagreements from you? Um, No, that sounds about right. I'm on board. And I will say, Kiki QT, do something to make us Dynasty believers still have some faith. I mean, the dude got benched a month ago. He comes back in last week. Solid day for PPR performances, you know, and just fumbles it away. Literally fumbles. And now he's back in the doghouse. Rough. So. Oh, I was so on him this year. I wanted him to be a thing. I think I had him as like a preseason like wide receiver three, and he is very much not that, unfortunately. Nine. Um, anything else there on the Texan side of the ball? Um, eh, no, that covers it. All right, Okada, we are at about an hour. One more, and then we'll, we'll close it out. Yes, one more game, but make it a good one. Okay, let me see the let me see the list here. How about how about Falcons and 49ers? Oh yes, very exciting. All right, let's talk about the Falcons taking on the 49ers in San Francisco. On the Falcons side of the ball, we've got to talk about Calvin Ridley, another wide receiver done for the year. He's got an abdominal injury, which they haven't really said any more details about that, at least that I've seen. Have you read anything about that? I have not, but I yeah, I didn't know that it's not ideal. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're we're looking at probably some sort of internal organ situation. You know, we've seen other players, most notably like Andrew Luck and Jack Doyle, Keenan Allen have like lacerated kidneys. So probably something along those lines, but we'll see. Regardless, Ridley is out. Now, Julio Jones is a guy that it just seemed like this was going to be the year. Touchdown after touchdown after touchdown for the first four weeks. But he has not scored a touchdown since week four. Okada, there's no Calvin Ridley. But the Niners are pretty good. (laughs) Are we getting a touchdown from Julio this week? No. No. This, Please? No. This is <laughs> here here's the situation here, Betts. Uh I've talked to you before about beating the 49ers defense and what it takes from the quarterback. Uh and it takes mobility and ability to extend plays, speed to get away from those that incredible D line, uh, and then make throws downfield. To a secondary that's not quite nearly as good, actually. They're not nearly as good as their front seven is. The Falcons offensive line and Matt Ryan. Um, they do not have those skills. No. If I had to take a bet this season on a game that could break the single game sack record, this might be it. Uh, <laughs> the 49ers are going to maul Matt Ryan to death, and I think he is going to be completely incapable of getting the ball downfield enough that Julio Jones can A, have a really honestly great game at all, and B, get anywhere near the red zone slash end zone. I think this is going to be real ugly. 
and I do not feel confident about pretty much anyone in that passing game. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be rough. Listen, the the offensive line has given up 16 sacks over the last three weeks, and those were against defensive lines that weren't even you know that elite. Obviously, the Niners are elite at that you know type of um, uh, def- defensive you know standpoint. Their their D line is elite. I agree with you, man. Matt Ryan is going to struggle a lot. I think Julio is going to be okay. Like I'm going to probably project him for a wide receiver two type of performance as we've seen week after week. You know, he'll get you six for sixty. But like we were saying at the top of the show, you really do have to to change your mindset. You can't get stuck in you know what these players are because of their name, and that's just the unfortunate reality that we have to talk about. For Julio. Now, I will say Richard Sherman is dealing with a hamstring injury. So if he does miss, you do like that for Julio, but obviously temper expectations. Julio or Amari Cooper? Amari's taking on the Rams. We'll probably see Jalen Ramsey, but Dak's at home and we know what he does at home. I will take Amari. I agree. Julio or Cortland Sutton? Julio. I told you, man, I think Drew Locke's going to have a terrible day. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, okay. Julio or last one, Stephon Diggs against the Chargers. Oh, dude, Diggs is going to absolutely smash. All right. I agree with you mostly. I have Corbin Sutton four spots ahead of Julio, so not on that one. But clearly we disagree on the Broncos situation this week. Yeah, I'm going to text you during that game. I guarantee you the Chiefs are going to crush. All right. Um, yeah, and then obviously Austin Hooper, you know, first game back last week from the MCL injury, you would expect to see a little bit more uh, production from him, especially if we're projecting Matt Ryan to be under pressure. Austin Hooper and Devonta Freeman could benefit from some checkdowns. Let's talk about Devonta Freeman. You know, it's it's been a nice resurgence here in the last couple of weeks. He's been solid. But these Niners, man, second fewest receiving yards per game to, to running backs, and we've banked on that with Devonta Freeman all year. Is he even a flex option this week? Uh, a very low-end flex option, yes. Um, really unfortunate that we got to have a, a real solid game from him, and now we have to go back to benching him. He's going to be... He kind of still, for me, just cracks RB2 territory, so I'm, I guess I might have to look at moving him down, but I, the guys behind him, I don't feel like moving up above him, so... I guess he is there. I just feel like there's a very good chance that he gets stifled completely in this game. Um, not a lot of upside for sure. I don't think I don't think there's any chance he puts out an RB1 performance. Um, so I, I don't feel great. Yeah, you, you can flex him. I think a lot of people will have to, but it's, it's, it's a very low upside situation. Yeah, I've got him at running back 29. Mm. I'm nervous about Devonta Freeman. I, could, I, I think it could be a disaster. This week certainly could. Uh, quite honestly, on the Niners side of the ball, George Kittle. Let's let's get this out of the way. Uh, you start him. Yeah, do. What a play last week oh my to get them down the field. Three defenders hanging off of him, getting pulled on his face. Mac just, yeah. I mean, the dude's a stud. Play him, obviously. Um, also worth noting for their passing game, Desmond Trufant for the Falcons broke a bone in his arm. He is out for the rest of the season. So that further strengthens the Niners' greater sign Falcons argument here. Jimmy G, dude, he's balling recently. 69% completion percentage, 8.6 yards per attempt, 16 to 4 touchdown to interception ratio over his last six starts. Jimmy G, solid, strong play this week. I've got him at 14. 
Thoughts on Jimmy G? <laughs> well, I don't know if you were listening earlier, Bets, when I read off my list, but I have him twice as good as that. I am at my QB7 right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I, it is higher. Uh, I, I feel really good about Jimmy G this week. I think, like you said, he has been stepping up uh, to kind of carry this offense. They've had a bit of confusion, well, not confusion, but uh, carousel action at the running back position with different injuries this year. And with the arrival of Emmanuel Sanders, the breakout of Debo Samuel, the return of George Kittle. This is crazy, Betts. I don't know if you remember the beginning of this year when we were talking about the complete lack of weaponry on this offense, especially in the passing game, and how George Kittle was the only thing and there was no hope for Jimmy G for fantasy. Now, all of a sudden, they had the best tight end in the league, a very strong uh, route-running receiver combo, guys that can catch the, ball, catch the ball out of the backfield. Apparently, Raheem Mostert's one of the best receiving running backs in the league right now. He looks incredibly explosive almost every time he touches the ball. Yeah, I love Jimmy G in general right now, but against the Falcons defense, also without Desmond Trufant, like you mentioned, I don't see there's like I I don't see how you get him out of your top ten bets. I think you're crazy. Live update. Oh, is it in your? Top He's 10? now ranked as my quarterback ten. Hey, get him in there. <laughs> I was looking at the names above him and I was like, yeah, actually, I am too low. And then you kind of routed off all that information, and I agree with you, man. Um, he's he's a strong play. I didn't have him high enough at first, but I've got him at 10 right now. I still think that you have him uh, a little bit higher than I will ever get him. But regardless, we can agree. He's solid. His pass catchers, I love this week, man. Yep. Debo, Emmanuel Sanders. This this secondary is atrocious. And now you don't have Desmond Trufant. Yes, play both those guys. And then the running backs, you talked about it already, man. But this week, how can you not have Raheem Mostert in your lineup? He is now deemed the nickname must start um mm. for this week and until we see anything otherwise tevin coleman is being phased out matt breda is still coming off of injury with his ankle issues playing way less than raheem moster and i read a quote today an article basically talking about how it wasn't in the plans to have moster play as much as he did last week but i believe the quote from shanahan was he didn't give us a choice basically like he's playing his way into being the lead back what else is there to say You've got to start him this week, agree? Yeah, I 100% agree. Like I said, he looks really good every time he touches the ball, and it's working incredibly well for their offense, so I don't see why they would go away. They've said they don't see why they would go away. Um, also, it has reminded me, Bets, we talked on the Thanksgiving pod about our favorite moments of the show, and I completely forgot we were having that conversation <laughs> about the time that I dropped that, that mustard pun on you and yes. Kent, and you gave the most horrified face, and Kent was like cheering because he's a fan of dad puns. Uh, and I'm just so happy to see <laughs> Raheem Mostert becoming what we all knew and hoped and never actually thought he could be, which is an incredible yes. fantasy asset. So yeah, roll him out there. Uh, he's on RB2 range for me. I believe the quote was something like, he's not going to be able to catch up to Mustard. Yes, I was talking about and... Alfred Morris. Yes, that's correct. Oh, that was so bad, but also so awesome. Good times, good times. Um, that is the show. It is for tonight. Anything else for the people, Okada? Before we we close it down. Um, uh, th this feels like a good week to watch some football bets. All you fantasy people, I don't know how you get your you consume your football, but there are some great games to watch this week uh, that I think you should go check out. You know, sit down, watch a full game, enjoy some football. Bill Steelers bets Sunday night football. I think that is a 
a sneaky, interesting game. I'm excited to watch that. Rams, Cowboys. Uh, it's going to be a fun week. Yeah, it is going to be solid. Other games we will talk about on the Patreon show. Jaguars, Raiders, Browns, Cardinals, Vikings. I'm sorry. Um, who are the Browns? Browns playing Cardinals. Yeah, yeah that's right. Vikings, Chargers. Who are the Vikings playing? Chargers. Vikings, Chargers. Okay, sorry. I wrote it down. You said incorrectly. that. Vikings, Chargers, Rams, Cowboys. Like you said, Bill Steelers and then Monday Night Football. Colts, Saints. So, so much more to talk about. If you want access to that, get on over into the Patreon uh, Slack channel. Head on over to patreon.com slash pod. Head on over to the website for our final rankings for your start-sit decisions. And until next time, Okada, we are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.